isn't it? Awfully nice to have a walk in the middle of the street pretending that cars don't exist. Hi, welcome to After the Hype. <laughs> People drove a lot slower in the 50s. I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, their entire family would be dead. It's like uh, the 50s or early 60s. Um. I'm your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. I'm around. And Chewy Darso. Hi. I'm one of the reasons this thing's happening. You are one of the reasons this <laughs> thing is happening or were am you the I, one am I, not the main? I feel like i just made a joke about making you watch tree of life again and you went no well i i don't remember exactly when it happened i know it's while we were recording and somebody brought up the meaning of life and somebody brought the tree of life and then somebody made the joke the meaning of the tree of life and now here we are yes. we just watched them both they go scarily well together they kind of uh, have <laughs> the same, like same sequences almost but one's funny and one's not that is the homework though do watch it in the same day That'll put you in a weird mood. <laughs> if you can. Uh, two and I were unable to because we oh went off God. the... I would actually, if I was still editing, love to try to edit these movies together. You could because one of them makes absolutely no fucking sense. And the other one makes absolutely no fucking sense. <laughs> so... <laughs> Chapter one. So I think they'd go Dinosaurs. rather well. <laughs> Chapter two. Weird penis fish things. Um... <laughs> Chapter three, mom issues. Uh, yeah. And my uh, phone. But before we dive into it too, too, too much, let's do a where have you been doing? I can go first. I just watched uh, the first episode of the newest season of Comedians and Cars Getting uh, Coffee, which was with Eddie Murphy. And it was fantastic. And I highly recommend it to everyone, even if you are of the mindset of Eddie Murphy's kind of a... Because he can be such a jerk. Uh, I have never met the man. I don't know that for sure. I've just I've heard a lot of people dislike him for whatever reason. I thought it was kind of cool seeing it. Uh, it was kind of cool seeing him with a friend and seeing him not on all times. And then hearing uh, there's a story, not really a story, but there's like a moment where they talk about what was it like to be an upcoming comic in the days of Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor as another young black man. And just the way he tells what it was like is just fascinating and kind of sad in a way, but like I, it, it was amazing. And I, I highly recommend just, just for that one conversation because it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, it's like 40 minutes long, but uh, I still think it's totally worthwhile. Cool. Uh, I think like the last thing I read about, he had like an interview where he was talking about um, coming to America, I think, or whatever the movie was with John Landis. Yeah. And, like he's got like Eddie Murphy's got some stories to tell. Oh yeah, and so yeah, I'm very much interested to see that episode of the show. Oh yeah, he talks about like hanging out with Michael Jackson and Prince, and like yeah, he he was one of the biggest things on the planet for a while. So the people he knows and the stories he has are very very interesting. Um, yeah, so I'd say check it out. Uh, John, what about you? Uh, so I decided to. I had just finished watching the show I was watching, and I just forgot what it was. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, which was it was a sad thing to end that show. And I decided to switch over to a Hulu original, Future Man. And I made it through the first season. And I, I really enjoyed that first season. Although at the very end of the season, I felt done with it. So I haven't moved on to the next season or anything. It just, it felt closed. Like it, there was closure even though he's getting summoned again. And then it ends that season. It just felt done. So I mean, it might take sure. me a while to get back. Uh, we watched like the first episode of season two, and then we and never. And then I kind of had that emotion. Yeah, and I like... wanted to keep watching it, but then I felt bad watching it without you, so I just haven't watched it. You can watch it without me. All like right. honestly, after watching that first episode, I was just like, I think it was a one and done, at least for me, because that first episode is so like how you felt when you watched the se first episode of the second season of Legion. Oh yeah, that's kind of how I felt about this, that. Yeah, and oh, fair enough. And everything yeah. about that first season just felt so tidy already. That it was like, okay, I'm good. It uh, did do one thing that I realized is a trope that I like in shows and movies where they're kind of fish out of water is a character learning how to cook and being excelling at it and really liking it, but being against their type. So in this case, what was his name? Blade? Um, uh, Wolf. Wolf. Learning oh, how to Wolf. cook and being just a Corey savant. Wolfhart. At, yeah. <laughs> and, and developing that restaurant where he kidnaps people and Arr! gets them near death and then gives them the best food of their life. It, that whole arc, I think, was my favorite thing in the whole... So things thing. taste better when your adrenaline's high. <laughs> things taste better when your adrenaline's high. <laughs> I mean, I'm a James Cameron fan, so you know what episode's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great episode, too. Even the uh, one where he went back to the Futterman house back in the past, 
met his father and almost hooked up with his mother, but they switched. They they did he, that switcheroo where you like he hooked up with his mom. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't. Well, the whole time he I was could have gone farther, but yeah. he went far. The whole time I'm just like, no, dude, that's actually your mother. You know, that's actually your mother, dude. He dude. sucked on her boob when he was a baby. What's the difference? Motivation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for my where I've been doing, jumping off the family mark, uh, there's two things I'm excited to watch, and they're pr- kind of similar in their preferences, or, or not preferences, in their, oh, what's the word? Genre? Circumstances? Okay. I don't know. I thought it Pretzels? Was, I thought it started with a P. Uh, the movie Don't Let Go and the TV show Undone on Amazon. Uh I'm actually excited to watch both, even though I feel bad being excited for a Blumhouse movie, because everyone I know that has worked for them says they're awful. But I like their movies. It's it's a frustrating experience. I like some of their movies. Yeah. Some of them are uh, horrid. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of one of the things I talked to one of the prop people about with that. Uh, but um, both of them involve... A family member being dead and reaching through time and space to another family member to figure out how to bring them back. And don't let go. It's an uncle whose niece has been murdered and he she, he gets a phone call from her two weeks after her murder. Uh, and he finds out or either it's two weeks. Either she's living two weeks before her murder or he's living two weeks after. I don't remember. It's, it's in the trailer. Either way, he's talking through her this uh, time travel cell phone call to try to stop her murder because uh, he's making her a detective in her own death, uh, pretty much. And then in Undone, it looks like uh, the daughter, there's a daughter who gets into a car accident and starts to get visions of her father who's traveled through time somehow to her to teach her how to travel <sighs> through time to solve his murder. And apparently this is a trope I enjoy because I like both those books. So I'm like... So are you a big fan of the movie Frequency? Actually, yes. (laughs) I never watched the show, but I loved the movie. (laughs) That's a terrible movie. (laughs) I like it. So... I mean, that, I guess it's a niche for me. Yeah, uh, no, time I, travel communication with family members and trying to solve their their deaths. It's 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 you, you get me. It's a hook. Yeah, apparently <laughs> there could be more of them. I'm, that's all. That's all you're saying. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to watch amount. both these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, imagine them together. The uh, learning how to like they call, they travel back through time to warn of their murder. They learn how to cook and really like it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. They name themselves oh, yeah. Corey Corey Wolfhart. Aww. <laughs> He's so good in that show. He really is. Especially after seeing him in Preacher. I want to see him more. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think we should dive into this monstrosity of an episode. It's amazing. Um, so today's episode is titled, as we've been saying for a while now, because we kept meaning to do it. And God damn it. We did it. <laughs> the Meaning of the Tree of Life. Uh, this was a pairing, a double feature, if you will, of the Tree of Life and the Meaning of Life. Like we said in the beginning of the episode, they go scarily well together. Um, so much as to say, I could argue they're kind of the same movie. Um, at least they have the same message in the end. <laughs> it is. It's one of those things where you have a an assignment in school where it's like everyone has the same prompt. You're going to direct a movie off the same prompt. And yeah. Terrence Malick got the same. Terrence Malick and the <laughs> Monty Python group got the same prompt. Go, yeah. And they're like, go with it. Yeah. What What does life mean in relation to death? Go. It's amazing. Right. And we got two different, very different takes on that. <laughs> one is all about. Family and grace and wonder and believing in the Holy One above. The other one is nothing makes sense. It's all chaos. People who believe in religion are a little silly. And um, but people who don't are fish. Also, yeah, but people who don't are also silly. Everything's ludicrous. Just enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, oh, we have a visitor right outside our door oh. who's upset that we're here. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> Oh, little corn! Uh, didn't bang on the door this time. At least he didn't bang on the door this time. Um, but yeah, so the the, the way I want to start this episode, uh, at least as well as we can, is to kind of go through the similarities between the two because I have a feeling that while we're saying this, people are going, "I've seen both those movies." You're wrong, um, <laughs> right? Which is exactly what I would have said had I not just done this experiment. So now that we have, let's kind of jump through some of the very, very similar things can that I first, both movies have. Can I first ask, which order did you guys watch these in? Uh, Tree of Life, Meaning of Life. Okay. I, w- I flipped. Mine is flipped. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, I don't know what that would really change, per se. Just curious. One, uh, 
Can I sorry, just jump ahead. into yeah, it? Yeah, go for it. I feel like I interrupted you. No, you did. I was just okay. rambling. It's fine. Uh, one specific uh, mirror sort of thing between the two movies is um, Tree of Life starts essentially with you finding out one of the sons has died. And you assume Vietnam, I think. Or the Korean War. It's really hard to figure out exactly which one, what timeline this actually goes through. All you really know is that he was the kids are kids in the fifties. Yeah, because it looks like the fifties, but then he would be probably older than nineteen by the time Vietnam's really going on. I think, but in the, the description of the movie, they say fifties. They they do okay. Because yeah. I, I don't say it in the movie ever. Originally, but I thought it. it was the forties, just based off dress. Fifties could be like forty eight, forty nine. Yeah. Uh, either, either way. <laughs> Uh, it was probably Vietnam, not the Korean War, because honestly, that doesn't make sense. Uh, but so the brother dies, and a lot of the movies is kind of wrapped up around that about his really the one the main kid's relation with his mother, the relationship with the entirety of his family, and the pr- go pros negatives of who is a man, should you die, all this stuff, and then in a tree of or meaning of life, you have a brief sequence where someone gets in front of a billboard and states. And like all this happens, and that's why we always need an army. And then God comes and zaps him, and then we go to an actual army who's about to start doing just some marching around a base and marching the, up and down the square, up and down the square. And then he's just like, "Would anyone else rather be doing something other than marching up and down the square?" And I one guy, I'd like to yeah, meet, yeah, I would. I, I think I'd rather hang out with my wife and kids. And he says, "Well, go do that then." I'm like well, that's kind of, I mean, that's just kind of the same message in <laughs> a way. Yeah, I'm like war sucks. So you just go hang out with your family. Yeah, uh, that's. I was gonna go way more on the nose with just the similarities. Like we, both movies have an animated depiction of the Big Bang. Yeah, both movies have uh, animated, animated vaginas. vaginas. <laughs> like, like these are weird ones. Uh, they both have weird fish things in them. Like they both like the very specific details that are in both movies is very odd. And they have and very specific mirrorings of each other as well. Is the entire sequence of the Big Bang in yep. Meet Tree of Life, where they go through just like the cosmos and nebulas and smoke clouds and all that, and then in uh, Meaning of Life, you have a delightful song. With a man coming out of a refrigerator and then describing <laughs> what you truly are in the universe Which and is, how it's all meaningless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of the same thing. It, like, you see the grandeur, and in this one, you're hearing a singer silly song about how you're not part of the grandeur. And weirdly enough, the movies, both movies are paced almost exactly alike. And I caught this on when I was watching Tree of Life, where each, you know, meaning of life has all these movements. And there's chapters yeah. and there are pauses. And the pauses kind of happen in similar areas in Tree of Life, too, where it's like, we've got our moment, and now we're on to the next segment. Yeah. There's yeah. that little glowy light that fades in and out. Now we're in a new section. And I was like, I'm, get, I'm in a very similar rhythm to both movies. Yeah. One uh, yeah. uses a glowy light, one uses title cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe the first time the glowy light came up in Tree of Life, I said, see that, honey? It's a vagina. That's the movie disappearing inside of its own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Inside of its own vagina, okay. Fair. It, it is far more feminine. Yeah, nature. nature versus grace, Brian. Yeah. Because <laughs> Tree of Life is very much wrapped up in the relations of a mother and her son. Very much. Also, a father and their son. Yeah, father and their son. But, but, but that I, would, I would argue strange. in screen time and the amount of times he says mother far outweighs father. Yeah, it's also part of the reason I don't like the movie because then, okay, then why isn't this about the mother? Because we're spending all the time talking about the mother and all the time seeing the father. The movie, like, I, if we were to do a full episode on this movie, I could just rip into it for days and days and days about how it is unbalanced in its storytelling and it drives me completely insane. Um, but that's not what we're here to do today. We're here to talk about how fun it is to watch these two movies together. Um, because it was. It was a good time. But there are things that, like, I kind of jump into a little bit of both and do, like, kind of our own little mini reviews of them because I think that's kind of where this should naturally go. Um, and we'll start with Tree of Life because I want to see, because I know Chewie likes the movie, not full-blown loves the movie. but I love and actually adore sections of this movie. Okay. John? As an enti- oh, sorry. Go ahead. As an entirety... I really, I mean, it's close to love. It's not quite there because there are sections that drag. Yeah. So because of certain parts of it, I can't say I love the entirety of it. Sure. John? 
Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat. It's, there's a lot, of, a lot of areas that I really, really like, border on love, and then other ones that kind of drag a little bit. But as a cohesive whole, I'm very positive on it. Yeah, I, I am the exact opposite. There is <laughs> one kind of 20-minute stretch where I am fully in hook, line, and sinker. And I don't know exactly where it is. It's probably in like the first third, I want to say. Um, I think it's like the first stretch we have with uh, the kids and Brad Pitt. I'm like, okay, I'm really into this. And then it just totally falls apart. And the main reason why this one falls apart specifically for me and why Meaning of Life has nothing in this, it, it, even remotely close to this. So this is where they really do not work as a pair. Um, but so much of the story, at least in Tree of Life, is about the father and the relationship to Sean Penn's, the younger Sean Penn character, Jack. Uh, so Jack is a boy and Jack hates his dad hates his dad thinks about killing his dad at times like uh he sees him with his car mounted up and he's like if i just knock that over the dad would be dead right now uh and they keep referring to the dad as this abusive like terrifying figure and then everything we see from the dad minus one scene he where he's a he's violent in motion but not in action like he doesn't actually strike anyone but he is very violently moving around you can tell that he's intimidating and of course he would be other than that sequence, all we see is incredible amounts of physical, like hands-on love. Like he hugs his kids. His hands are always very open. So his palms are like on the kids, which is like a very big body language thing that you do for somebody. If you hug somebody with closed hands versus open hands, is a very mm-hmm. different message you're sending. He's always touching them. He is very clear how much he loves his kids. And the movie never once tries to go like, yeah, but he also kind of hates them. Like that's not the thing. The whole thing is he loves his kids. He even says at one point, I will do nothing in my life except for this. And that's all I want. Yeah. And then we're supposed to see him as a villain and there's nothing there. Well, and what's interesting is on the, the uh, this most recent rewatch, something kind of stood out to me along those lines <clears throat> versus when I've watched it before where you're right there. He doesn't seem to be that much of a villain, even though that's what the kid is seeing. And I think that's what Sean Penn at, at the end realizes. For me, that's where I'm, I'm seeing like, kind of when we in timey wimey space he's finding through his travel to the past that it's not as dire as he thought because he's always been like i hate you dad and there's always it seems to be like this tension there but we're, we're not seeing that from brad pitt's end because it wasn't necessarily there it just seemed to be a projection of his hatred for his father but like there's, there's there's that's my read into it that he's yeah. starting to kind of reconcile that fact at the end and putting that lens backward into it i when I watch the movie, I read it as the is down of dichotomy is the right word between the mother and the father. The mother's always there. The mother right. is pure and loving and caring and trusting. The father is gone most of the time. He's gone and when he's there, he's overbearing, he's controlling, he tells him what to do and not to do. So to me, the only reason he quote, hate, quote, hates his father is because when he's there, he's not the man of the house. I think he grows up resenting his father in ways that he doesn't understand because he does, he resents his father for not being there. He resents his father for thinking he's in control when he does come back and trying to take the power away from him. Like all those types of things, those emotions that a kid will have they won't be able to rationalize them, so they overblow them into making them into actual legitimate villains that they should hate. Because yeah, because the mother's so ethereal to him and so like yeah. perfect, and like how could he not love her? But yeah. like, I, I, I would agree with with this sentiment entirely. If we ever saw a sequence of him being the man of the house when his dad's not there, yeah. But all we all we ever no, fucking that's just see me explaining it in my head. No, and that makes it totally makes sense. But it's not in the movie. Like these are things that we're filling the blanks, which is fine. It's meant to be interpreted, but. All we see are the kids outside, either in the middle of the street or in some field playing. The entire movie is told through people wandering through a street or wandering through a field. It's magical. It's not. It's frustrating. (laughs) There's cars on the road. Why are you in the middle of the road? There was a lot less cars back then. People obeyed the speed limit back then. Yeah, they drove slower. They're still driving. Why are you in the middle of the road? Safety belts were definitely The 50s were a slower time, yo. (laughs) <laughs> they all had windshield wipers. I did happen to notice with this last rewatch that at a certain point, the kind of the carefree, like, I love you all, mother, kind of, she became too much for the kids. Like, it was like the father being not there, like him b- missing was kind of a detriment. The kids started to resent her a little bit, I noticed, before he came back. And it was an interesting thing I never caught 
until this most recent well, watch. Well, it's not that they resent her. It's the it's the whole like I hate him. Why don't you hate him? And like, but then also like the the I have no rules. You can do whatever you want. And then it yeah. just kind of makes you it kind of gets you sick. Like you eat too much yeah. candy or you jump on the bed too much, and suddenly you're just like. As a parent, like I, I noticed that when you get too lax, suddenly it just kind of spoils. Sure, yeah. Which was a very interesting look at this. Um, on the flip side, meaning of life <laughs> has has none of these father problems. <laughs> well, actually, it does. It has a guy singing an entire song about how he wishes he could wear a condom and not have any of his kids. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about a father who resents his children. I mean, he does it with a playful song and face. He loves his children. Mm. He just has to give them up for medical experiments. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> for medical experiments. We afford you. Oh, blimey. Uh, what does Could he you say? have your balls cut off? <laughs> but, well, oh, well, God well. would see such a, see through such a cheap trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. So he's not touching them with his our hands open, but he is smiling at them, going, "I'm gonna get rid of you. <laughs> You're all gonna die painfully." Yeah, <laughs> that probably is my favorite bit in the movie, and it's because of the punctuation of the very thing at the end with the Protestant. I think it was. Oh yeah, family. We're like, no, we're not like them. We don't have to worry about it. And he just, just he just goes off on this tangent of what they can do. And his poor, thirsty wife. <laughs> oh, like, oh. oh, why don't we do any of that? <laughs> well, well, I mean, we, don't, we, we can if we want to, you know. <laughs> Just totally missing the, the vibe. I thought it was great. But the thing that I, I love about Meaning of Life is like, I've loved this movie since I saw it the first time forever ago, and that's probably like 15. Uh, it, it's the whole message of the movie i think is great and it's we kind of touched on a little bit earlier and i think every sketch just continually drives it home even more which is this whole like yeah everything we do is ridiculous all of it is crazy but that's not bad like it's just fun just enjoy what you can if you want to be religious be religious who cares if you want to go to war well don't go to war that's stupid enjoy life <laughs> and like that's kind of what the whole point of the movie i always took it as is that like even yeah. if you're at war try to appreciate presence yeah <laughs> and if you don't appreciate the presence you're a bastard and if you're going to buy a, a clock for your commanding officer <laughs> communicate with your squad <laughs> so you don't just all buy him a fuckload of clocks <laughs> But that's kind of the thing is like the the whole thing of this, like it's all positive. It's all fun. And even while they're doing horrible things like murdering people, taking organs out of their, their oh, nearly goodness. still alive bodies. Um, definitely still off, alive. Dre- definitely still alive. Dressing up as a tiger and hacking off legs. Like there's so many just crazy things that happen in the movie. But the whole time the movie is still fun. It's always bright and sunny and everything is great and funny and hooray. Well, and it's interesting that... The- the meaning of life also uses a lot of camera <clears throat> angles and tricks that like the tree of life does, especially when they're like, where is the fish? <laughs> where is the fish? Did we ever find the fish? <laughs> no, we didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I, oh my God, the disembodied voices. It's in the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But like I, I, I flashed to that scene when I was watching, um, Sean Penn light the uh, little candle in the kitchen and his hands oh, were there. Oh, sure, yeah. I was like, those scenes played in my mind at the exact same time while I was watching <laughs> that. And I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> and so, Where is the door? <laughs> Where is Brad Pitt? <laughs> and now that Chewie has finally seen the entirety of Meaning of Life, she'll understand my references whenever I go, Where is the fish? Because I've done that so many times in our marriage and she's never once noticed. Uh-oh, kid's back at the door. Oh, um but yeah, so Meaning of Life. Uh, I love the Meaning of Life almost as much as I hate Tree of Life. Where do you guys sit on this one? This was the first time I actually ever saw this. Oh, I've, wow. I've seen the Mr. Creosote, like, wafer thin. I've seen that For bit sure. on YouTube yeah. a lot. So that's cultural osmosis. But I had never seen this before. And wow. <laughs> wow. From I can't the, believe never seen it. No, I, it's kind of, a, it's been a blind spot. I've watched um, Holy Grail. And then Flying Circus, and that's about it. Oh, okay. So then the rest, the other movies have just been kind of the blind What's spot. The other one, Life of Brian. Life of Brian. Life of Brian. <laughs> Life of Brian is weird. I love Life of Brian, but yeah, I was I knew I was in for a very interesting. Did you go with a lamp or a shoe? <laughs> <laughs> I was in for a very interesting time. I knew when the old people at the cult, co- corporate headquarters, like little office oh, building, yeah, took very... it, made it, made became pirates, <laughs> went to corporate land and attacked <laughs> the guys in the super corporation of America. <laughs> And then, like, fought each other with, like, implements from the wall. 
It's very Terry Gilliam open. Very <laughs> Terry Gilliam. It made me immediately want to watch uh, Baron Munchausen again. Yeah, me too. Because it just it feels like a Munchausen scene. It just makes me really sad that he regrets making that movie. He doesn't regret making the movie. It, it's or he uh, regrets its reception. Yes. He won't talk about making the movie. I watched a documentary this week uh, on the making or the nearly making of the first time he tried to make the Don Quixote movie. Uh-huh. And in there they mentioned uh, Baron Munchausen. He's like... The woman who's working with like, oh, he won't talk about that. That movie, he thinks, almost ruined his career. And he's not entirely wrong. It very nearly did. It's a great movie, though. Everyone should see it. Oh, um, oh no. It's fine. It's from Target. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's your, uh, let's go around the table. Favorite sketch in Mini Life? Uh, it's a tough one, I know. Mine is very, very easily death. Death showing up at the end of the movie. <laughs> Uh, it has killed me since I was a child. I Shut saw that, up! I saw that scene way before I ever saw the whole movie because my parents <laughs> let me watch the whole movie because there's so much sex and like nudity and craziness in it, but they let me watch that scene. I had the entire thing memorized probably by the time I was like 13. <laughs> just None of you have got any balls. <laughs> just just the, the skeleton hand doing like the grip thing. It's just so fucking good. And then just the, top it all up. How did we all die at the same time? And she's so proud of herself for trying to pull one over on him. And just the over dramatic point like that goes up and over his head to the the salmon moose. <laughs> you didn't use canned salmon, did you? <laughs> oh, I'm so terribly embarrassed. Like it's fucking great. It's one and of the I'm best like, sketches the ever on film. What the frick is salmon moose? <laughs> <laughs> I've never even ever seen that. Oh my god. I, I think it is one of the most well-written sketches in history, and I think it, it is just like for me, like the the funniest Monty Python sketch in anything they've ever done is the uh, the argument out of Flying Circus. The pay to have an argument sequence is one of the funniest things ever oh, yeah. on film. Uh, this is second place in their movies; it's first place. I like this sequence more than I think I like anything in Holy Grail, which is saying a shitload. But this thing is just perfect for my <laughs> sense of humor; just nails it. Oh man, for me. We already mentioned it. It was the uh, guy trying to sell him off for medical experiments. Oh, yeah. And then the capper of them discussing all the things that they can do because they're not Catholic. Yeah. And then <laughs> just kind of totally missing the signs completely. And that song is so good. Every Sperm is Sacred is so goddamn funny. And just the setup for the song and the choreography of the dance mo- number, like from everyone. And the ladies like walking over the like the wall to the next house and going like, woo! Yeah. And just the every- Chinese dragon at the end. Like, <laughs> There's so many elements that are so great about that. But I think it, it for me, it's tied with the animated bit from Terry Gilliam with the tree near the very end and oh, outside yeah. of the cemetery. Mommy, like, mommy, no. Well, right. Well, the first guy's like, I can't take it anymore. Oh, oh. And then the leaf falls. I'm just like, oh, God, there's going to be more. And the honey's like, honey, where are you? I cannot live anymore. Ah. Oh, so goddamn funny. And then the whole tree just goes, ah. <laughs> It's really hard for me to choose which one's my favorite, but if I had to, it has to be the overarching thing with the accountants. Oh, yeah. It's just, <laughs> I love when they go into corporate land or city or whatever it is, and they start attacking the boardroom, and they're like, get the 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 layouts or take these forms. Go, go. And then it comes back later where they're like, all right, what's on today's docket? Um... Not enough people are wearing hats, <laughs> and there's just so much more left to own. Just, <laughs> it's well, just not amazing. Enough people that. Is that true? Oh, yeah, they're still buying them, but nobody's wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Has, has anyone ever noticed that building before? <laughs> and just the fact that for cannons, they're using like cupboard or uh, fire drawer, cabinets. Fire yeah. cabinets. That's just, just as the so one guy's obs- dying, he holds up the one piece of paper. File this. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I just I love that. This the, is a type of absurd humor that I adore. The at the very beginning of that sketch, before it pays off in a different way, with a different ending for them, where they just go off the end of the earth, where it's like, yeah, people's oh, uh, yeah. thoughts about the shape of the world was uh, sadly inaccurate, and they fall off like. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and I was like, man. The, I think I know where the flat earthers really got their uh, start. <laughs> but then just like a building hits them at the end. Like I, I like how there's just two separate ends. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the whole like, we're sorry about this interruption from the, from the preceding picture. Let us take care of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I honestly think now that we've kind of talked a little bit about both of them, I, I, I think the way to watch this would be 
Now, I'd be interested to see if you disagree because you went the other way, but I would say Tree than Meaning because Tree is just such a fucking heavy movie. And even if you don't like it, it's like you can't deny, like, I'm sitting there going, why is this movie 12 hours long? Why would I make a 12 hour long movie, especially if it's just going to be a bunch of people wandering in a street and touching each other's faces for 12 hours? What a terrible idea. But I still can't get around, like, the, it is a very emotional movie. It wears its emotion on its sleeve. It does it very well. You can tell the whole movie is about death and grieving and moving on and family and all these big ethereal ideas. And it's wonderful in that. But the execution is as horrible as his ideas are wonderful. And I'm like, Bleh. Not for all of us. Yeah, for some of us, we actually appreciate the execution. Uh, the execution is horrid. <laughs> um, but I think that would have, like, see, I think, as far as, like, when you're going, if you're to schedule this at, like, the New Beverly or something, you would yeah. want to have Tree of Life first. You, you want to have, yes. like, the slower one first in any sort of double feature. So that way you can kind of end on a very energetic note. Well, I just, I think that, like, the, because all the same themes and stuff that come across in both movies, I think they, they leave you with a more positive, like, it's kind of like the happy depressed thing at the very end of like the oh everything is meaningless and pointless but that's not necessarily a bad thing. And did we talk? We didn't talk about how they connect at the end as well. Do tell. They connect at the end. Uh, one guy is running away from a bunch of naked ladies onto a beach. <laughs> Topless ladies. Topless please. ladies. Yeah. Uh, and the other movie ends with uh, Sean Penn walking after a woman. I think it's his wife. And one scene Mother, I through. A well, he goes through a doorway once with a brunette. And then he goes towards his mom again at another time. Either way, he ends up on a beach. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of people wandering around. Yeah, they both, they both, they both of, do it. Bunch of random people wandering around on a beach. And then you, both movies end, quote unquote, in heaven. Yeah. Although very different interpretations very of different. heaven. <laughs> <laughs> One has a lounge singer. One has a lounge Who singer. Who is that guy? And a bunch of women wearing plastic boobs. Very odd ending. Oh yes, that was the, not Tree of Life. The backup singers. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no exposed breasts in Tree of Life that I can think of. At I this straight moment. up gasped when he was being chased by the topless woman. Just as as a concept, when they revealed that, I was like, I've never been so surprised in a movie before. He chose the old manner of his, his the manner of his death because it's like a twelve, like eleven, ten, ten, eleven, twelve year old. Like that would be hilarious. Like that'd be so cool to die from a bunch of women chasing you naked. But no. And I, as no. a woman, I'm just like. Oh, those poor ladies. Those oh, things had to have hurt at the end of that, the sequence. That slow motion shot. Even and now, like, I'm just oh, like, you have wonderful ouch. breasts, honey, but I do not want those. Not after the, <laughs> not after the shoot. <laughs> take 10. Oh, take God. 10, angle C. The trouble oh. finding bras that fit correctly. Especially if you have giant boobs and a really small waist, sorry. It, <laughs> it's just... Boy, do we have movies for you? <laughs> no, it's just, it's hard to find a proper fitting bra. You are at the wrong table for yeah, this yeah, conversation. Yeah, I know. We're both I'm letting just like, you know. We're both just like, I know what bras are for. Imagine <laughs> Is that sort of like finding watches? <laughs> imagine having a very tiny butt but gigantic balls and finding underwear that's going to fit that correctly. I don't think that'd be as big of a problem as you think it would be. So no. it's like no. putting on your underwear backwards once and being like, oops. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like forever? Never mind. I don't think there's a comparison. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely no comparison. Yeah, you guys need <laughs> to shove something to a side. We're stuck where they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what haven't we hit? Like what what uh, what else do you think works about watching these as a double feature? I would say to like describe the feeling I have while watching these movies is when I watch Tree of Life, it's like someone's just kind of holding me and massaging my brain and being like, "We're gonna work some things out, okay? We're gonna get some knots out." Uh, and then when I'm watching Tree of Life, it's more of somebody giggling or and poking my or media life. Did yeah. I mix it up? No, you said Tree of Life both. Times. And the meaning of life. Is more like someone poking my brain and going, ha ha, ha ha, it's funny. I enjoy both, honestly. <laughs> this operating room is really empty. Yeah. <laughs> this is the machine, machine that goes, that goes bing. bing. Bing, bing. Yeah. Oh, I see you have the machine that goes, bing. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that do? Oh, it means your baby is still alive. <laughs> Either way, these movies tickle your brain, but very different sections of your brain. And the... I find it interesting that like, cause it's not that I dislike art house films. There's many art house films that I love, especially like I, like I was just, I don't know why it keeps coming up recently. Uh, Under the skin. I loved under the skin, very nonlinear, very ethereal. You kind of make up the plot for yourself, but it doesn't have as much of a moving camera. I don't know if that has much to do with it. I know. I don't think that's it. I, I honestly, I think it's because I, I am a, I'm a person who really attaches himself to a story. And if I don't buy the story, no matter what the story is, if I don't buy it, I'm out. 
So I can watch Menial, the Menial Life and I can get into each individual story. And in their own kind of weird worlds, I still buy into each one of the worlds. Like I buy into the world where John Cleese as a teacher has sex with his wife in front of his students to teach them about sex. It's a ludicrous world, but I find it funny because they are always in it. No matter what, you can always... Monty Python, at least in my opinion, was the best at staying in their sketches. In the world of their sketches, they did it better than anyone. So each one of their sketches feels like a fully realized world. But the difference between that and then, say, Tree of Life is like Tree of Life, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like it falters in its storytelling. And I don't know if that's intentional or non-intentional, but I know Terry Gilliam... Not Terry Gilliam. Um, Terrence Malick. Thank you, Terrence Malick. He he Malick's up his own movie. So he writes a movie, he shoots a movie, and then he edits a completely different movie. So you don't know what it was originally supposed to be because he just makes it whatever the hell he wants it to be. And it's, it's interesting to approach it that way as more of attached to like story or specific plot because there's a lot of scenes in this movie where they take that emotion in one shot and repeat a different different version of that shot over and over again and they're it's more of trying to get at the mood or the the feeling behind it versus the like he just doesn't care about the the storytelling of it that much which he's more he does that more so now than he has ever before if you if you watch some of his older movies you can see that that stuff start to creep in like yeah and well, like he, he, he lets it take he lets it take over in this, and I think that's where it's going to really like where it has turned a lot of people off because he is just doing it. To, well, he's unapolog- unapologetically untethered you from the from any story, and is just kind of letting you float in space of whatever he's throwing in front of you. And yeah, that, that 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 can't. There's no one who can just be like it was okay. Like you can't just be like that was okay or middle of the road with it. See, I know a lot of people who are like that because they just they attach themselves to the Brad Pitt story. The Brad Pitt story is told okay it's not told great. It's told. Okay. Yeah. And because of that, people will go like, well, I guess it was okay. Cause I mean, that story was okay, but the rest it's the movie of the tree of life is so much more than a story just about a father and his son. So I can appreciate it swinging for the fences, like fucking babe Ruth. Like it, it, it goes for it every single time. It does not hold anything back. I can appreciate that. But if you can't tell me the story that you want to tell, I'm out. And the fact that I know how he makes his movies makes me go, I know he's not even trying to tell a story. He's trying to like express an emotion and a concept, which to me, I don't want to watch. I, I do not find entertainment in it. It does not work for me. It drives me up the goddamn wall. Yeah. And, and I think that is kind of, in my example for why we would disagree on that mm-hmm. is kind of like when we talk about music. Sure. And you're very much a lyricist. Yes. You want to understand what the person is saying and what they're meaning and all that. Sometimes. I do like my, I do like, like say like baby metal. I don't have a fucking clue what they're saying in anything. They well, say. But that's it's fun. It's, a, it's awesome. In general. Sure. Yeah. In uh, broad strokes. In yes. broad strokes, you are much more about what the song is actually about. And yeah. we've had that discussion where there's plenty of songs where we're like, I don't know what this is about, but I like how it makes me feel. And to me, that's more what music is to me. Like, does it make me feel something specific or take me somewhere mentally that I don't That's an abstract emotion or thought. Sure. But I think I'm more forgiving with music just because yeah. I'm not as into music. Like, I didn't go to school for music. But that's like my example of yeah, like, no, why I, you, I don't like, think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I yeah. think you're pretty close to it with that. Because, yeah, to me, the meaning of life or, or tree of life. Okay, it's confusing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tree of life is kind of an abstract thought process and if you, you yeah you're either along with the malik ride or you're not <laughs> and it is it's kind of fun because both these movies do non-storytelling in very different ways but it is it's weird how i can get totally into one of them and just not into the other one well, that's art honestly yeah that's true that's fair and i do think that there should be <laughs> there should be more things like that i i, I think we're getting very used to uh, a perfected formula of movies like there is your the indie movies now that are just doing they're doing their own kind of same samey things, and then there's the corporate movies like the Disney bunch, all those things. Everyone's kind of doing an expected amount of like expected movies, expected plots and formulas, and to have something that you could to have something you hate is actually useful. Oh, I'd rather have a movie I hate than I forget any day of the week. Right, exactly, and I think what these two movies exemplify is just two very. Um, extreme sides of this coin on one topic and i think that's very interesting oh i bet yeah. there's people out there that hate meaning of life oh for sure definitely and i don't they'd be wrong on that like, yeah. like it's there's a lot of just like what the fuck were they thinking and if you're not into it yeah. it's grating like it is <laughs> for those they don't it's the same thing as terrence malick they don't ever let up 
They no, go fully you, in on, on it every single time. It like well, that, just a level of commitment. <laughs> both movies are right, like neck and neck. Right. So like, there's the shot where they're doing like the where's the fish, and it's like almost a fisheye lens, and the hands are so weird. And that scene goes on for like minutes, and then you've got the scene in like uh, Tree of Life with the kids with the shadows on the sidewalk where the camera is flipped upside down and following the shadows of the kids, making them in full frame, and like going back and forth. So like, these movies are both being very aggressive in their respective areas. Oh yeah. And it's, I don't know. I, I'm very glad I got to watch these two in such a short period of time because yeah. they awoke something, something anarchic in me a little bit, I think. Anarchic. Well, it, it is kind of like what you're saying earlier. Like it's kind of nice going back to these movies that are like, one's only a few years old. The other one's a few decades old now. Um, but it is kind of nice watching these movies that don't do the standard. Like you're, I think you're right. Cause like whenever we get one of those, especially when we do them on this podcast, we usually, we have better episodes about them. We talk about them more. They're just something more engaging, especially because we watch, as the people at the table, so many fucking movies. Mm-hmm. When we get something like Sorry to Bother You, it's like, now that was a treat because I didn't see any of it fucking coming. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, I was I was so happy watching that movie. And yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not guessing anything. <laughs> this is all new. Oh, my God. So, well, and there's something to be said about having an experience with movies. And when you watch a lot of movies like we do and start to – be able to guess where everything's going accurately almost yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. It's nice to have desserts like these. Well, yeah, it's even like a, now for new movies or like even <clears throat> the new TV shows like the, like say, take for example, like my, I probably brought up on the show many times, but they came out right at the same time. We had umbrella Chronicles and we had doom patrol umbrella Chronicles hit every single note that I've seen every other show of the like do. And it hit it well. It did it very well, but it used Don't Stop Me Now. It used other musical cues. It had big choreographed dance numbers. It did everything to be the cool show on TV. It did it great. It might have even done it better than any other show before. I don't know. I didn't finish it. Um, <laughs> but either way, I can see why people loved it. There's uh, like Sam from our show. She loved it. And I get it. It's great. It, it's just, it didn't do it for me. And then I watched Doom Patrol, which is a very similar idea and does everything against the grain. Whatever, whatever you're supposed to take a right at, it takes a left every single time and it gets to a point where it's like you'd almost start like you start expecting the unexpected and because of that you're like oh i know what this show's got up its sleeves and no you don't right you are wrong every time and it's like that was it was so refreshing and new and i've even read doom patrol books and i loved the hell out of it so i think that's kind of what's nice about like comparing that stuff to the the meaning of the tree of life like these are movies that you did not expect yeah either one of them like because when i went to go see the tree of life i was expecting a story that took place in the 50s about a dad and his son that's what I was expecting. And then in the first 20 minutes, I get dinosaurs and the creation of time and penis fish and vagina fish, and which are actual fish. They went and filmed. And not just dinosaurs, but like one stepping on the other one's face, making sure it stays to the ground. Like weird psychological oh, stuff. With I, I read an entire thing with the editor during that sequence because I can't watch this movie. I have to do something else during it. Or I was <laughs> insane. Do, uh, do elaborate. I'm yeah. Curious. So I was, I was reading... Uh, I was trying to stay engaged in the movie. So I was reading things about the movie uh-huh. while I was doing it. I read a lot about the actors. I didn't know that fucking Cyclops was in this. Um, yeah, also uh, Ready Player One Kid. That's the same kid. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He does very little. Yeah, yeah he's got like nothing to say. He's got, he's I don't think he even has any lines. I don't think so. His best line is where he put his hand on the window uh, to moment. his brother. That was yeah. a great moment, though. <laughs> good moment. Um, but yeah, so apparently the uh, the entire sequence of like the, the dinosaur putting his uh, foot... I guess we'll call it. It's a foot. It's yeah. a foot. Uh, on the other dinosaur's head was to show that he could choose to kill that dinosaur right now and eat him, or he could choose the way of grace and take the foot off and go find some herbs to eat instead. And that's mm-hmm. what they're trying to show. But we didn't show him eat the herbs. We no. didn't show the choice. So it was a bad fucking idea. This movie makes no fucking sense. Although, <laughs> although, although, to its defense, I think as that as an example, that's an interesting approach. To give but, us different, like, to give us different ideas of what that is when we watch it, because I've watched this. Say, but you're a smart part. guy, and you've seen the movie, and like, uh, I, I trust your opinion on this sort of stuff. Yeah. You didn't pick up on it. Not that, no. Yeah. But what I did pick up on it was just there, I, I, I sensed a, a relationship between that and the two parents. Like, I, I, I sensed oh, that. Sure. And, and, it, but not what they were going for. Just something different. And then there was something different from that. This most recent time, it's, it's. Maybe it's a, a negative for this movie or a positive, but it's hard to art, like articulate a lot of thoughts about this because you end up kind of getting in your, in, in your headspace with it. Yeah. And you get really far up in there, up in the headspace. I get with me when I watched it the first time, I didn't think of it as a grace thing. I just thought it looked at it as like a moment of mercy because a lot of the. Well, that's, 
you're close there. Yeah. Like, then, then, almost, then there's the scene where yeah. he's he's holding Jessica Chastain and like saying like quiet stop and like holding her there for a minute and it's just really tense. And those moments had a very similar energy to me. This new time, this new, the second time I watched it. Yeah. So, so to like, me, th- there wasn't a relation between the two, but. Well, after getting let's think about what you said though. Honestly, that makes me go wait. Wait, what? Does that mean that Malik thinks that all carnivores are dirty sinners? <laughs> I don't. I don't think Malik knows what Malik thinks. If not acting on your primal urges as an animal to eat that other being gives you grace in the eyes of God, what does acting on your general nature mean in the eyes of God? <sighs> See what happens I, is after film. After, I don't think filming, lions and tigers are a bunch of dirty <laughs> sinners. At least personally, in my mind, they're not. <laughs> oh no, heathens a lot, a lot of them. <laughs> Bunch of bastards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Malik just gets done with the filmmaking, wakes up after after the final day of shooting, yeah. like, where? What happened? I guess that gets into my annoyances when people try to impose more human morals onto animals. It does not work for me. No, it's a it's a whole different ballgame. Um, but I think we've said pretty much everything we can say about this thing, so we should start moving into the end of it. Uh, and we're gonna have to do a review system for both movies, <clears throat> both of them together. No. Uh, we'll do them separately uh, (laughs) as much as I'd love to do it together I could have been like I have one and if I was going to do them together I have one in my head right now go for it I didn't even say what the review system was yet so if you've got something locked and loaded let's see it let's let's see where this goes but it's actually a review from your point of view oh boy but I'm even more excited we're not going to do a full review system this might be the whole thing (laughs) let's see what Uh, happens how many fucking garbages are these sometimes you get something that everyone else tells you is amazing a papaya. And even the smell of a papaya smells good. Like you really, you're excited to eat it. It looks interesting. Everyone else says they love it. But then you eat it and it tastes like a foot. <laughs> and then everyone's like, what do you mean it tastes like a foot? This is amazing. It tastes so good. And you're like, to me, it tastes like a foot. <laughs> so like mini life is your papaya. But what is tree of life? A also, tree of life. Tree of life is your papaya. My God. So what is meaning of life? Is it also a papaya it's that I just happen to like? Same sort of thing. Okay. It's, but you're the opposite. You're the one that loves the papaya in the meaning the meaning of life. John, any fruit to do, uh, <laughs> any fruits to review both films? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> just to give you a background on my fruit knowledge, we keep referring to our cantaloupes as kumquats. Uh, oh accident. boy! Yeah. So this might be great. Um, <laughs> uh, how many bruises on the banana? <laughs> I think there's a, a few more bruises on the uh, Tree of Life banana than there are the Meaning of Life. Okay. But they've all got their own bruises. And so, they're all still edible. So a, a bruised banana. Yeah. Uh, papaya. It's <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest review system I mean, we've you, ever You gotten. can delete this and we can go No, no. Oh, God, system. no. This is definitely staying. Uh, this is Monty Python but level. But there's also cilantro, which some people think tastes like... That's not like, a fruit. <laughs> I know, but it's not a fruit, but it's still a food which some people think it tastes like soap, even though I love cilantro. I think I like it's great. It doesn't too. taste like soap to me. No, it doesn't. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, with anchovies. It's not a fruit either, but that's what I'm going with. Um <laughs> And I'll go with anchovies because much like the papaya or uh, bruised bananas, I guess. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is tough. Uh, People will either think that they are wonderful and make everything better or they're horrible and ruin everything. And here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So the fruit review system of papaya, bruised banana, and anchovy. Check food. out Tree of Life it's and Mina. <laughs> You'll, it's a, they're, no. they're polarizing foods. <laughs> polarizing fruits. Just don't worry about anchovies being living things. <laughs> Soaked in salt. So next week. Because <laughs> that's our review for this. Yeah. I think that's pretty on par with the episode about the meaning of life and the tree of life. I think that worked out really well. Um, next week we have coming up. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the year so far. I'm so excited to talk about it. I think it is uh, just an absolute joy from beginning to end. We have Shazam! Not to ruin the entire episode. But I'm, I'm probably going to gush on this one a little bit, guys. I, I apologize in advance. I do have some complaints, and I think Chewie does too. Um, so it will not be it will not be Aquaman. Where I'm like, this movie did no wrong, and you're wrong if you don't like it. Uh, we had some wrongs in Aquaman. I don't think we mentioned any of them in the episode. 
We were really happy on that I feel that like one. I mentioned how Mara's dress, or not dress, but outfit kept changing and like her boobage. You did mention her boobs. Yeah. That's a very, very minuscule complaint in the whole movie. Of like, what size are they? Her boobs are inconsistent. <laughs> Fire the editor for that. <laughs> uh, so yes, we have, uh, my God, Shazam coming up next week. And then after that, we have such wonderful movies coming up. We have, uh, I just wrote the entire schedule out. Like two days ago. What was it? We have Endgame coming up. I Ooh. think Endgame is the week after Shazam. Uh, and then with Endgame, we also have Alita Battle Angel coming out. Ooh. Uh, we got some of the big heavy hitters coming out. I'm pretty excited. Um, Alita and Endgame should both be great episodes. Endgame will have Sam back on it, which will be great. Speaking of Sam, we're moving into plugs. Check out Samwise. Sam has been doing great. And I don't think enough of you are listening to it. I'm angry at all of you because it, it, I'm not angry. I just they they need to go. Maybe John, I'm less tolerant. You of should ask her how to deal with your anger towards the non-listeners. I do plan on doing that. Lord of the Rings, and yeah. she will have an answer for it, like she, she has had for 40 weeks yeah, or more. She, she will for everyone because she's very good at this. Yeah. Um, and then be sure every Monday to potentially check out Venture Brothers. Unfortunately, right now we are in a bit of a forced hiatus because our computers keep crashing. The hand of God came down and said no. (laughs) Whenever we record. So we will record the episode Spanakopita for the third time next week and then hopefully we won't crash and lose the episode. (laughs) And if it does do that, then you will come up with a separate episode saying Spanakopita no. Yeah, Spanakopita no. (laughs) Spanakopita no. We were not allowed to make that episode apparently. Apparently. Or Uh, we'll just try to change location and hardware or something. My god. We're we're doing this one last time. If Spanakopita crashes again, there will be no Spanakopita episode. But hopefully there will be. Uh, That's it for me, plug Like and subscribe to make sure that Spanakopita happens. Yes, please. Like and subscribe to Venture (laughs) Brothers or there will be no Spanakopita. Potentially it's your either way. Fault. <laughs> uh, John, what are you plugging? Uh, Demon Days, an actual play podcast with an all tiefling party. They uh, are up to some no. They're up to no good, like usual, and we're having a blast. Cool. Any uh, any bullywugs on that show? Um, not yet. No. Yeah. Uh, so that's everything for today. Bye. Bye. Bye.